Welcome to the Changing Rhythms podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're your hosts. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bethany. And this podcast explores life's changing rhythms. So last time we discussed barriers to making a career change and how to overcome them. This month, we're identifying some practical steps to get started moving towards your new career and some important things to consider along the way. Well, since I'm going through the process right now, I'll get us started. And moving from one career to another, um, these are some of the things that I've had to consider when applying for jobs. So one, I've definitely had to think outside of the box, um, things that are not necessarily a direct connection to what I'm doing right now, but maybe tangentially related or something that uses a skill that I have, but not necessarily directly in line with what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm definitely honest about, with myself about whether I want to do this job or not, because if I am applying just to apply, as opposed to, I really could see myself doing it. I feel like I would apply only to be looking for another job as soon as I start. Um, and then I have to think about what are my non-negotiables. So when I say thinking outside of the box, I mean, what kinds of positions, opportunities, or opportunities am I looking for? Um, I don't have a specific career path in mind yet. So I started looking for internships in areas that might be of interest to me. Um, it's not a permanent position, but it's a foot in the door and a chance to learn and gain skills without having to pay for school. Um, it's really important to be honest about whether or not I really want to do the job I'm applying for. Um, yeah, because as I said, if I apply just that I'll have a job and not because I have any real interest in the position, I'll probably, again, go into it looking for a new position. Um, and then I understand that sometimes you have to accept a position, whether you like it or not. But to me, that's not where I want to start from. And then I have to decide what are my non-negotiables? What would I absolutely not be willing to do so there's no need to apply? And for me, it was a commute. I am absolutely not willing to spend an hour plus in traffic going to and from work. Mm -hmm. So while I have seen some positions that interest me, um, I've seen where they are located and did not apply. Another thing I've had to adjust is where I look for a position. So yes, I can sign up with career websites, but there are also um, news and community job postings. Um, am I talking to other people to let them know I'm looking for a position? Um, again, I recently had a conversation with someone and it didn't work out, but she made me aware of a possible um, career path that I could take. And, and I followed it, but it, again, it didn't work out, but I only found out about this because she knew that I was looking right. for a position. So sometimes you just have to put it out there that you're looking for a job. Um, one thing I did have to do was to adjust my thinking. I felt like if I didn't check every single box in the preferences or requirements section, I didn't even bother to apply. Hmm. Now, I feel like if I have most of the major requirements and some of the ancillaries, I'll apply. So, because, I mean, it doesn't cost anything. I already don't have the job. So it's not like they can 
not give me the job some more. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just won't get the job. Yeah. Um, so it's really, you know, I have nothing to lose. And then finally, um, something that I looked into and it still hasn't panned out yet, but um, I looked into volunteering because um, it just, it would give me something to do with my time. I feel like it would make me less focused on myself and kind of my current situation and, um, you know, just make it possible for me to give back to someone else in some way. And then also, if I have too much time, I don't get a whole lot done. Like, even though I have the whole day, I somehow waste the whole day. So I feel like if I have more structured activities, um, then I'll make better use of my time. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been true for me as well. And it's something I like to encourage clients to do whatever your time looks like these days to manage it, do it on purpose so that you don't end up wondering where it's all gone in the end. And so, yeah, it's strange how that happens, but it's real, right? Definitely. Um, so thanks so much for sharing your experience so far. And I totally agree that volunteering in your target industry is a great way to get familiar with the work while serving others. And it can be great to just stay busy, but not too busy. Um, but in order to ensure you don't get bored or distracted or unmotivated by having an abundance of free time, volunteering can be a great way to start getting some more structure and managing that time. So. Yeah, as you begin a career change, not just Bethany, but you listeners, once you've made your decision to move on, you might experience some hesitation or even doubts that you've made a wise choice. Questions come up like, why would I leave my secure position when I don't have something new lined up? Or what was I thinking to try something like this at my age or in my situation or after all these years? Um, you might ask, what proof do I have that this will work out? But when doubts arise, we want to encourage you to remember your reasons for making this change. And Bethany, we discussed this recently, right? In mm -hmm. one conversation, you went from telling me that you're not sure you made a wise decision to renew, I mean, to not renew your teaching license. And you went from saying that to reaffirming your choice because you knew that it was right to move on. Um, De definitely. I mean, and that's, kind of why you need to have those conversations because mm -hmm. it, it tends what you really think or what you really want tends to come out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that verbal processing is really valuable and it's good to have the space to do that and safe space to do that with um, friends or colleagues, mentors, but someone that can listen and understand and encourage you in your path. So one thing that I've encouraged coaching clients to do is to learn their own motivation style, to do the work, to observe how you best operate and stay motivated so that you don't work against yourself in a situation that's already really challenging. So uh, finding a constant, designing your goals around things that don't change, like pursuing mental health rather than just getting away from your old boss who you don't like and making sure you can connect your identity to your goal, uh, applying for jobs that actually interest you and that, can, that you can invest more than just time in rather than a job that just pays the bills or 
one that's highly valued by someone else, but not yourself. So well, uh, can, can I stop you really yeah. quickly? So can you talk a little more about connecting your identity to your goal? What do you mean by that? Absolutely. So, I mean, let's say, for example, you've been really encouraged your whole life by your family to become a doctor and you like helping people, but you don't really like the science and the medicine side of it, or you're not so interested in staying in school for as long as you'd have to, to become a doctor, or maybe it's just very, a very difficult career path to pursue and you don't want to do that. Um, If it aligns with you because you like helping people, there are so many ways that you can live out that identity of, of being someone who likes to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, So finding another position, another field even that can accomplish that same connection with who you are without uh, forcing you to be someone you're not. So if you're not the one who, who I won't say likes to study because maybe not everyone likes to study who does study, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're not interested in applying yourself that way, finding another way, uh, such as becoming, I don't know, a, a counselor of sorts, uh, working with young people who um, maybe need some mentoring in the level of science that you're comfortable leading someone in or partnering with someone in, but finding a way to do what you personally identify with without overextending yourself beyond who you are uh, for whatever purpose to please someone else or feel accomplished or whatever the case may be. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. Connecting your identity to your goal one way or another, I think keeps you more motivated in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're much less likely to regret things that we pursue that are connected closely to who we are um, over time. But let's see what else. Uh, in regard to staying motivated so you're not working against yourself, I also I feel like that part is so important to figure out what does motivate you and just mm-hmm. ask yourself those types of questions and be really honest with your answers. So if you know you're not motivated by competition or by intensity, maybe don't put yourself in that situation, you know, um, because that motivation won't last. Or if you know that you are motivated by social things, doing things with others, finding a career path that allows you to do that rather than one that maybe makes a lot of money, but doesn't have much of a social aspect to it um, so that you're not adding that that challenge of going against the way that you naturally operate to the other challenges that you're certain to encounter in a career a new career path okay yeah Um, but another important thing is to acknowledge risks and rewards not just one or the other so don't push through by simply ignoring the risk involved and focusing only on the rewards which could lead to discouragement when you inevitably experience something hard, but you could also be discouraged by dwelling on the risks in an unbalanced way. Um, So yes, you might miss the security of your current position. You may have to grieve the loss of relationships with some colleagues. You will experience change and possibly changes that you don't enjoy. And you've come to this point of change for valid reasons. Everything could work out for the best. 
you'll likely gain new colleagues that will also enrich your life. And you may find many of the changes very liberating. So however it looks to you, look at both sides of the coin, the risks and the rewards. Mm -hmm. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. I know one of the things that I'm learning is that if you're really ready, you have to begin to transition out of um, your old position. I definitely felt like I went through the stages of grief because mm -hmm. this part of my life was ending and it definitely felt like something was ending. Um, I've spent the last 20 years being a teacher um, and, I, and I said it's who I am, but it's really not. And I think that's part of why I'm leaving. Um, the, it definitely in teaching, but I think in, in a lot of careers that are service oriented, um, you tend to have your entire identity wrapped up in what you do in your job, because like you were saying, you identify with it, right? It's such a big part of what motivates you, what you enjoy doing, what you naturally do. Um, and so, yeah, for a long time, that was just who I was as I was a teacher, you know, and I feel like that may have been true for a while, for a season, but it led to me kind of not developing other aspects of myself. And I feel like there's a lot more to me that I don't know yet because again, I haven't nurtured it or developed anything, but the, the parts of me that make a really great teacher. But there are other parts of me that could make a really great something else, but I don't know because <laughs> I've only been focusing on the teacher aspect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of that is um, mental and emotional work. You know, I've had to do practical things like research potential careers, update my resume, my cover letter, and things have definitely changed a lot over the last 20 years. Resumes look very different from what I created. Um, and we were just talking about like things that are suggested you be suggested to be included in your resume. And it's like, what? I've never heard that, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, but I've read um, different articles and I've watched videos and I've joined um, different groups um, to help me in this journey. And I still have a lot of work to do, but it's definitely better um, than it was. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that's different now. So that's a challenge in and of itself, but it sounds like you're doing the work and the research required to, to figure it out. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some accountability in this job search and this new career path and getting started. So some of the ways that you can be accountable, hold yourself accountable, is to receive support from others, establish a plan, prepare for setbacks, and use your resources. So in finding support in others, just be mindful of who you get counsel from. And Bethany, I don't know if you want to comment on that based on recent experiences, but it, um, it can really make all the difference. You may not have someone in your life who is an expert in the field you want to pursue, but um, 
making sure that you have someone in your life who is for you, really supportive of you and is um, interested in walking through it with you rather than discouraging you or telling you you should just stay where you are. Um, someone who's like-minded, at least in those ways, and who can truly be a support rather than a hindrance, it can make a big difference in staying accountable. Um, what would you say, Bethany, about finding support from others? Um, I, I definitely agree with what you said. And I think something that's important is in terms of, of the kind of support, because even if you don't have someone who is saying, oh, you should stay where you are, but they're not, they don't, how can I put this? They don't know you, right? And so they're not giving you counsel that makes sense for you. So you want to get counsel from someone who actually knows you. They know what motivates you. They know what you care about because without that, not to say that it's, it's not well-intentioned, but it, it's not effective because it doesn't make sense for you. So you want to make sure that that person um, is, is like-minded in terms of knowing you. And yes, there are some general generic, you know, things that could work for anyone, but if you want it to be most effective, you do want it to be someone who knows you, who knows, you know, do you respond well to someone checking in on you daily? Or do you find that to be intrusive, mm -hmm. right? Because some people, they, they like to know that someone's checking on them every day. So they're, and they want to have a positive report for that person. And other people, it's like, I can do this, get off my back, you know? And so who you have as your accountability person, they should know that, you know? Right. And um, not to say that that person is always going to tell you what you want to hear. Also, you want someone who can be honest with you. Of course, you know, you want them to do it with love, but you, you want them, you want to have enough of a relationship that they can be honest. If they see that maybe you're headed in a direction that's not going to get you where you where you want to go, that they can that they can speak that and you'll receive it, mm -hmm. right? Because certain people can tell me something and I'll receive it, and other people, yeah, you kind of can't you can't speak into my life in that area. So right. you want it to be someone that you will receive even constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and. Like you're talking about someone who knows you, I wanna just say a lot of times it can be difficult to think of someone like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like who knows me that well? Who knows me that well and has the time and availability right now to be a support to me on this journey? And I, I would just add that it could be someone who's willing to get to know you. So mm -hmm. maybe they don't know everything about you like that, but they'll listen like you mentioned at the beginning, they'll listen and they'll respond uh, with good questions so they can get to understand where you're coming from. Um, this is something I talked about in a recent coaching video about uh, sort of knowing what you're aiming for, personally knowing that, but also having relationships where you're able to share that information and someone's really listening to understand it 
um, and know, like for me, maybe I'm not here to build a coaching empire, but my goal is to connect with these individuals specifically and, and walk with them on their journey. But it's not about this number of followers or this, this number of clients or something like that. Uh, and if, if someone understands that and understands my vision for that, then they can support me in what I'm doing rather than giving me advice like, oh, well, get on every single platform and make sure you're posting this and that this many times a week and things that are not relevant to the direction I'm headed. So mm -hmm. all that to say, yes, be mindful of who you're seeking counsel from and um, understanding that it doesn't have to be someone who knows everything about you, but that is willing to learn and walk with you. Um, and that could be a big part of staying accountable to this journey. Another way is establishing a plan. So setting goals and deadlines, for example, committing four hours per day to job applications. And maybe that's really intense for you. But one thing about um, setting goals and deadlines, obviously, you are more likely to get things done if you set a plan, if you have some kind of intention you're working towards. But just know that you don't have to do this indefinitely. So if four hours a day of job applications sounds too daunting to even get started, make it four hours, five days a week for the next three weeks, and then see how you feel at the end of that three weeks, you know, but establishing some kind of a plan will make the difference for a lot of us between wishing and hoping for a new job and a new career and actually achieving it because we've consistently put in that time. Um, but, oh, before I go on, Bethany, do you have any thoughts on that one? Um, no, I, and I would, I guess my only thing, and I guess I'm saying this to myself <laughs> is, um, there's no day like today to start. Yeah. You know, like I haven't really, I haven't really been following a plan. Um, especially when I, when I thought that I was going to follow a particular path that I just knew was going to work out and it ended up not working out, but I had just kind of pushed everything to the side because I knew this one thing was going to work, Yeah, you know? And so I feel like, okay, well, so now let's get serious. Okay. That didn't work. And that's okay that it didn't work. You know, it was, it was disappointing that it didn't work, but okay. It didn't work out. So let's get, let's get started. You know, what's your plan going to be? And so, yeah, there's no, there's no time like today to start a plan. Yeah. And there's always room for adjustment. If you find that it's just not working out for you for one reason or another. So, but establishing a plan can help you to maintain accountability because you know what it is that you're accountable to. You know whether you're hitting the mark or missing the mark or need to make an adjustment. Um, so another effort for accountability is preparing for setbacks. So knowing that some things aren't going to work out, but not knowing which ones, right? Um, mm -hmm. But looking out for specific red flags regarding your money, your health, your childcare, or, or even getting discouraged, knowing that these are areas where you could have setbacks in your journey to a new career. 
and creating action plans to deal with those setbacks. So if your money gets to this, this level, it's, it's low, cash flow is hurting, uh, what are you going to do about it? And you, you write out your plan for what to do in that situation. And same thing if health gets in the way, if you get sick, for example, um, or if you suddenly don't have the childcare that you've been counting on to have as you look for a career and as you step into that career to work, what will you do in that situation? And maybe you don't have all the answers, but you, you have a few steps of where to start. Um, so even though you can't anticipate what exactly will go wrong, there are some things you know, if this, if something went wrong unexpectedly in, or not even wrong, but uh, not according to plan, mm-hmm. then I would need to act quickly. I would need some help to know what to do. Help yourself now by writing out those steps in advance. Um, And even for discouragement, like I mentioned, if you get to a place where you just feel like you can't do it anymore, or like you face too many disappointments, what's your action plan for that? How will you encourage yourself again? Or what kind of a break will you take and for how long before you get back into these practices, working out your plan for your new career? Yeah, I I think that's good. And and I think um, certain things you can almost know you're going to need a plan for, right? Like I know I will not need a plan for childcare because I don't have, um, you know, any small children, but I definitely will need a plan for money because I'm not independently wealthy, <laughs> though I were. <laughs> um, and I know that I need a plan for discouragement. And it's, and it's weird because that's not a tangible thing, Right. right. Because like, that's, that's a feeling that's, that's a mindset. Like, how do you prepare for a mindset that, you know, will come, you know, like, I feel like money is even easier to plan for, even though I can't manifest it out of thin air, it's still something tangible that can, you know, you can take certain steps, right? But like, how do you take certain steps to manage or plan for the intangible. Yeah, and that's a a tough thing to answer because it definitely depends on the person and the situation and so many things. But I assure you there are steps, right? Like what what do you do, for example, Bethany, um, when you face discouragement now, if you don't mind sharing? Um, I think it's changed. I feel like now I just kind of sit in it until I'm ready to get up and it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And that's just (laughs) kind of, you know, and, and it kind of rolls around in my mind, usually in the back of my mind, you know, until I have, what am I going to do? And then once I figure out something to do, that's, that's when I get up and move on it. But I just, I don't try to fight it anymore. Like if I'm discouraged, I'm discouraged. Yeah. You know, and, and I no longer feel the need to, um, I don't know, put on the face, like everything's okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Like if, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it and I'm not going to act like I am Mm -hmm. because 
to me, that's even more stressful because I feel what I actually feel. And then I have to pretend that I'm not feeling that. Right. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great first step for an action plan. <laughs> Sit with it. <laughs> um, whether it's discouragement or anxiety or even depression, sit with it and um, see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. But um, not pushing past it or not trying to pretend that it's not real, I think is a great first step. And it's the step you have to get to to get out of it anyway. So rather than spending a lot of time pretending it's not real, starting with here I am discouraged and I'm going to sit with it. I think that's wonderful. So, um, but yeah, some other practical steps in case you're facing discouragement um, would be to reach out to someone that, you know, can be encouraging to you. Um, I have one client her action plan for discouragement looks like reaching out to someone and then doing something to take care of herself something like that feels restorative and like a treat perhaps and then doing something to support someone else to kind of get her focus off of the the pit that she may feel that she's in you know Mm -hmm. and um and then from there making a decision about what to do next and I think that's a really simple but effective four-step action plan for when she's feeling discouraged. So hope that's helpful to somebody. And then lastly, in regard to accountability, remember to use your resources to help you stay accountable. So if you've got a planner or a calendar that you're using, put those goals and those deadlines on there and remember to design them well so that they're not crushing, you know, by, by being too, too aggressive and unrealistic, make them realistic. So if you know that you have that tendency to schedule your deadlines too, too close together or make everything too challenging for yourself, schedule it the way you want and consider that the first draft and then add in some grace period <laughs> or whatever it looks like to make sure that you're, you're not uh, putting unrealistic pressure on yourself. Uh, you could also join a group of others who are pursuing career change. You could work with a career coach or visit a career center, either in person or online. You could uh, read some articles or talk with friends and family and colleagues about career change experience and even attend networking events like on LinkedIn or, or not at LinkedIn, but you know, hosted by LinkedIn, job fairs, uh, other things like that. But using your resources can help you sort of stay on that path and stay accountable because you've, they're helping you to keep your goal and your path front and center. Um, yeah, any thoughts, Bethany? I was, I was listening to this and I was thinking, you might need to find a Monica. So you know, on Friends, Monica was like hyper-organized. She had a binder and it was color-coded. And and if that's not your thing, but you know you need it, you might have a friend who's like hyper-organized and likes to organize things. And, you know, that person might be able to help you put all of those elements together if that's not your strong suit. Now, if you love to do it, 
then get your highlighters and colored tabs and, you know, <laughs> run with it. But if it's not, you know, you might need to find, you know, a friend, associate, a family member who will sit down with you and help you to organize, you know, your thoughts and help you create that planner and calendar and help you to organize those different resources and, you know, when you're going to visit the job fair and have your folder with your resumes and, you know, your portfolio, if that's something that you need um, of, of prior um, artifacts or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking is sounds like you need a Monica. <laughs> yeah, that Monica can be your resource. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we are... Um, wrapping up and on to our question of the day. So our question of the day is, what is one attainable goal you can set for yourself that can be implemented tomorrow? Like again, like I said earlier, there's no day like today. There's no time like right now to get started. So instead of saying, oh, in a week or in a month, like what's something you can do um, tomorrow or at the very least in the next week? Like for me, it would be as simple as buying a planner. Like I love to buy planners. I don't necessarily use them, but I like to buy them. <laughs> so, but, but that's one step. And for someone else, that may be nothing. But for some, some of us, like that is a step is actually buying a planner that you're going to use. So that would be my um, attainable goal is to buy a planner that I will actually use. So what's something that you can do in the next day or week or so um, to get you started? So Rebecca, not that you have, not that you are doing this, but what was one of the first um, goals you set for yourself when you were ready to start looking for a new position? Yeah. So since I knew that I was stepping into self-employment, um, one of the first things that I had to do was to secure a domain name and build my website. And that was kind of the thing that felt like the beginning to me. But even though I wasn't sure what day I would, I would launch the business, it was making that decision and then buying the domain name, starting to design the website. That was the something I could do tomorrow. And I did it. How about you, Bethany? I know you said you could buy a planner. Mm -hmm. um, what else do you have in mind? So I know um, I have, have actually already done this, but again, it didn't pan out. So I need to do it again, um, is to find a volunteer opportunity. So I did look or I did um, pursue one particular avenue and it didn't pan out. So, but I can still, again, find a volunteer opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. So this actually wraps up season one for us. And I just want to invite you to email us at changingrhythmspodcast at gmail.com to tell us your answer to today's question. Again, it's what's one attainable goal you can set for yourself that you can do tomorrow or in the next week. And leave your response in the YouTube comments. 
if you're interested in connecting with us. But this concludes season one of the Changing Rhythms podcast, and we'll be back with a new season covering the topic of parenthood later this year. So we'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So continue to reach out to us. And we look forward to exploring more with you. So keep listening and stay healthy and safe until season two. Thank you.